0: You're listening to Sahaba Online Radio Podcast.
1: Well, at uh, that time of the evening, uh, where you join us on our Sayyid al-Elam Sadiqa, a program, alhamdulillah, where we uh, definitely get to the nitty-gritty. And uh, the program is uh, not that, it's uh, legal talk. Legal talk, you're being joined by. Sayyid al-Elam Sadiqa comes in after legal talk. Legal talk, alhamdulillah, a program uh, that uh, tackles the, the nitty-gritty of legalities, and alhamdulillah, sumah, alhamdulillah, this evening we have a treat for you people. He is a member of parliament, he's the leader of the NFP, he's also a barrister, and alhamdulillah Ahmad Manzul Sheikh Imam this evening, uh, we'll be interrogating the question is our justice system uh, compromised, and so forth. And uh, Ahmad Manzul Sheikh Imam with the listeners, let me, let me welcome you all with a, a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, Ahmad, I'm doing this fine, beautiful evening, Ahmad. Wa as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. alhamdulillah, mashaAllah. evening. Yeah, Ahmad, uh, then we look at uh, the judiciary, we look at our justice system, we notice uh, that, you know, the president of the country appoints uh, the panel, they appoint, uh, you know, we look at the constitutional court and all this. <laughs> it seems that this, uh, the president has the final say. You know, obviously, as human beings, you'll uh, you'll get people that you know who, who you look upon favorably, and you'll expect a favor from someone that you look upon favorably, and you say, no, that's my man. He's uh, okay to be in my camp, and so forth. Let's uh, set the preamble uh, this evening, Ahmed. I want you to talk about the judiciary, how the appointment is, and what are the certain pro- processes that you go through, and uh, you know. Perhaps we could be answering our question. The question is, is our justice system compromised? Ahmad, we are listening to you. I'm uh, sitting back and uh, the listeners are sitting back. And bismillah, go ahead, Ahmad.
0: Yeah, Uh, okay. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all our listeners out there. Let me start off by saying that if a process is compromised, yes, yes, indeed we can then assume that the judiciary itself is compromised now let me start off by saying that the the process that we follow and i'll give you a good example that when the president who is the ultimate person that makes the appointments number one the president comes from the ruling party who has an absolute majority number two now the president writes to us as leaders of political parties in parliament uh, with the recommendations you know uh, on names and we recommend but ultimately the decision still rests with the president now the question that i ask is uh, 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 if you are the one that's going to make the decision Uh, uh, and you want to know from us, you're giving us a list of people that you believe that you are considering. How then do you decide who exactly to appoint? Because if you are going to be the referee and the player and take the decision on your own, then requesting recommendations from uh, uh, leaders of political parties Is that not just one of the measures you're putting in to tick the box? And we found this time and time again. If you look at even now, (laughs) on the appointment of the uh, 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 section 189, the section uh, 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 194 now, particularly when it comes to the issue of the, 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 the speaker, who made recommend or requests from us political leaders of political parties on recommendations to serve on the panel, on the inquiry on the Pala, Pala farm scandal. What happened? We gave names, but ultimately it's the ANC who has the majority and the speaker who represents the ANC. The speaker can tell you she can be impartial. Believe me, you can't be impartial when you belong to the ruling party. You will carry the mandate of that party. And what happened in this case is, yes, indeed, there were concerns raised about a particular member who then decided to resign. So there was uh, a a few more members that were not appointed, a few more uh, judges. But what happened again? You know, and and I'll give you a good example. If you look at uh, 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 advocate... uh, uh, Griffiths Madoncella, senior counsel, who's acted as a judge. He's, he's been in the uh, uh, um, JSC and things. He was there and then removed after two years or so and uh, with no explanation. Now, when that happens, it clearly indicates that he stands no chance, even though he's got the capability, the capacity, the qualification, the experience and the integrity as well. He's got absolutely no chance. And that's exactly what happened here. If you look at it, when, when there was an opportunity, even he was left out again, with even even though there were just, uh, what, two or three members, uh, 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 senior counsel and judges available in the list, he was still left out. So it simply means that the process that we're following is, 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 is not one where you want to do what is in the best country of the uh, best interest of the country to appoint those that um, have the necessary skills, capacity, qualifications and integrity. But perhaps because uh, 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 and if you notice what's happening in the political domain currently, the people that you appoint or the judges that you appoint, uh, 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 it will decide your fate. Uh, and and that's that, that, that that's how it is if you look at uh, even the appointment of uh, 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 who was acting chief justice who's now the justice uh, uh, chief justice of the country come in let believe me despite the processes we followed brother shahabuddin we knew long long ago that that's the appointment is going to make Despite the concerns that we raised that many of these matters are going to be brought under review, it's going to be contested because of the report and that he might have to recuse himself most of the time. Despite all the concerns raised by all the political parties, the opposition in this case, the appointment was still made. So clearly it, 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 uh, you know, And then you have a a whole lot of questions that arise as a result of that. So to be honest with you, you know, first of all, you know, we've got, and I think you're going to agree with me, we've got brilliant legal minds in, 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 in the legal profession in this country. But just look at the appointments that are being made in particularly the last couple of years or the last 10 years, look at the appointments that are being made. And and it and and you know we 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 had this discussion, uh, and I know that the DA is 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 bringing an uh, an application in court uh, to deal with this deployment, okay, the deployment committee of the ANC, which is part of the ANC policy, okay, which the Zondo Commission has raised serious concerns about, and 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 in this case, President Cyril Ramaphosa was responsible for that a deployment committee with many of these appointments were made as the deputy president then. But despite all that, you would notice that the appointments will still be made that will favor the ANC or the ruling party, or particularly the person who has to make the appointments. So he's going to obviously look at his own interest. Now, with so much going on in the country and serious allegations, even against the president, Uh, the deputy president, against many. Don't you think then we should be left out completely in deciding who should be appointed in that independent structure like the judiciary or Chapter 9 institutions, you know? That is the route to go. But if you continue to allow politicians and with the power that they use in this country to make these decisions, on who to appoint and who not to appoint, who to remove, when to remove. And that's another thing. When you want to appoint them, you get recommendation. When you're removing them, you don't give us any explanation why you're removing them, you know. So so I think, you know, it's compromised in the sense that, you know, particularly if you are conflicted, and in this case, we're finding that more and more often.
1: Yeah, a, you make a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, for giving us an insight to what's going on in our judiciary. And uh, one would look at um, Mr. Ramaphosa being a barrister, being a lawyer himself. He knows exactly the ins and outs. And uh, Mandela, too, also uh, being a part of the fraternity of the bench, uh, knew his uh, legalities. And it seems as if even uh, the question of the public uh, protector, uh, that, too, uh, Mr. Ramaphosa, I uh, knew what he was doing, and it seems as if the judiciary is uh, a bit slanted uh, playing uh, the role of, uh, the, you know, what the president may be whispering. And Ronald, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Lamola, uh, he's been a young man uh, in uh, given the mantlehood hood of a minister of justice. What's your thoughts on all that, uh, Ahmad?
0: Well, there's no doubt that uh, 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 Minister Lamola is a blue-eyed boy of the president although we are seeing some cracks recently as a result of the conference that is unfolding. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Brother Shaf, the difficulty that we have here is this, that, uh, uh, and, 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 and let us be honest, we have some very qualified and skilled people in the legal profession in this country. And it is my understanding that when you appoint people in these positions, You must take the best out of the best, and there should be absolutely no compromise when you talk about integrity, high levels of morality, the capacity to be able to perform optimally. These are some of the requirements, but you find uh, currently this is not the case, and when that happens, it brings the entire judiciary into disrepute. And then you have politicians who are conflicted, who are interested parties, you know, uh, and and you might have a case where a particular judge might have presided over a matter where you are the accused. And, uh, and, And as a result of that, the politicians who now have to decide, who have to interview you. And, and and not all of us can put our differences aside and put the country and its interest first. What do you find them doing? They insult these judges, they attack them, they abuse them with the authority that they have. And, you know, and one always talks about conflict of interest, but the conflict of interest applies to only some individuals and not the others. If you have had some kind of altercation or some kind of differences with, with a particular judge on any matter before the court or any statements that have been made, then should you not recuse yourself because you're not going to be independent in your know, thinking or objective enough to ensure that we appoint the right kind of people. And you've seen that happen. You know, uh, 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 you know, if you even look at uh, Chief Justice Mughueng Mughueng in that case, when he was interviewing and he was interviewing uh, uh, um, a judge from KwaZulu-Natal, Judge Kun, very senior judge, very knowledgeable judge. Okay. And because of the differences that they've had, you can see how he attacked him. You can see how Julius Malema has been attacking certain judges and things in the interview process. So you know, all in all, the difficulty we have is that if you have people that have are interested parties that have to appoint these judges, then it makes it very difficult to ensure the objectivity or impartiality of the uh, of the judiciary and the judicial system in the country.
1: Absolutely, Amad. You know, whilst you are talking. And uh, my mind was going through many, uh, many different thoughts. And uh, one of the thoughts was when I looked at the you talk about uh, the South African uh, Constitution and uh, then you question it, uh, you know, who is the father of the South African Constitution or who wrote the South African Constitution? And uh, we led to believe that uh, Judge Albie Sachs, father of the South African Constitution, ubuntu boom to Albert Louis Sachs, has uh, 25 honorary degrees. He was born in. Johannes was 1930 uh 2035. He's the one that uh, is the father of our constitution. I was wondering, wondering about you know our justice uh, Mohammed, uh, that was around. Did he play a role there? Nelson Mandela's and few other signatories. Perhaps uh, you could give us an insight on that. Uh, uh, was Albie Sachs the the true uh, no the 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 father of of the South African Constitution? Uh, Ahmad.
0: Well, first of all, I think let's look at what we had and what we have. <laughs> And I think that's going to answer your question. But let let us be honest. These people, particularly uh, 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 even uh, Chief Justice uh, Mohammed uh, 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 and Albie Sachs, uh, Judge Albi Sachs. You know these people. You know, uh, in 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 their entire career. You know what you experienced was the highest level of mon- morality and integrity, and 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 you saw excellence that you find difficult today to find and i'm not undermining anybody and i'm not even going to go to the (laughs) to the ground as far as what we are producing today i want to say again and again we have some of the most skills skilled and uh, 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 members of the legal profession in this country but Unfortunately, due to the interference and influence of politicians and political parties, you would find many of these uh, 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 excellent members of the legal profession will not even be considered. Now, that's the point I'm trying to make, that should we not leave politicians out of this? Now, Nelson Mandela... If we go to him yes indeed he had a vision for this country you know unfortunately in fact for me i felt it was better if nelson mandela former president had served one more term and brought some level of stability because also remember that when we moved from a liberation movement uh, to a governing party with no experience no skills Absolutely nothing that they had other than revolutionary ideology and vision. You expected miracles. And the result of that miracles is what you see today, 28 years later, where we are almost getting to a failed state. Let us admit it, whether we like it or not, as harsh as it might sound from me, being one of the members of parliament, the fact is we are as good as a failed state. So unless you go back to the drawing board, you go back to the constitution of this country. And remember, it's time to go back to the constitution because we have learned a lot in the last 28 years. And like I said, where we were, where we are, and where we want to go to. So where we have made mistakes, we need to go and amend that. And that's why I believe we need to go back to the constitution so that we can make those necessary amendments, correct the wrongs of the past. We know the weaknesses that exist. Let's see what how we can put measures in place to prevent this, uh weaknesses that we have in not only in the judicial system in this country, but in many other
1: aspects of governance in this country. You know, there will be many telling us, and I think you and I have discussed this on many uh, you know, platforms. Where you know they'll say. You look at the Constitution of uh, South Africa and you look at uh, the judiciary and, uh, you know, if you look at uh, the type of uh, leeway it gives uh, for uh, criminality to manifest. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, uh, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. I mean, look at these uh, zamas, for instance. There they they are. They're making uh, big money, big money. And sometimes they say. They've been uh, uh, sponsored or they've been taken care of by uh, big uh, uh, mafia cartels. And uh, there's it. You've got a constitution that even gets them. I mean, they could be doing uh, a very high profile illegality, killing people and so forth. But they come to court. They get the, uh, the most expensive uh, lawyers to represent them, uh, criminal lawyers. And there they go to court and they get bailed instantaneously. Talk to us about uh, the constitution perhaps being too lenient and allowing criminals to virtually run amok in this country. How do you react, Ahmed?
0: Well, bail, basically, bail is uh, to ensure that the accused or suspect in the matter is uh, um, appears in court. And I think that's what the court takes into consideration. Uh, and yes, you are correct. Uh, 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 the... A criminal justice system particularly the courts are having a great difficulty when it comes to this issue of bail and things but remember brother sheriff this is the western ideology or, or principles of democracy that you need to protect the rights but what is very unfortunate that we protect the rights of the criminals more than the victims and Okay, let me break this down for you. He, a criminal goes out there. He violates your human rights, either rapes or murders that woman. And then he is now found with taxpayers' money, you have to go out there and, and, and have police officers who have to be paid to protect the community to ensure you live in a safe and secure environment as enshrined in the Constitution. Then he comes to court Okay, when he comes to court, remember, he is got no money. He's got absolutely nothing. So you as the government and the same taxpayer, including the victims and victims families, will be paying the taxes to pay for legal representation for the same criminal who violated your rights. And then, of course, you have members of the legal profession who will be benefiting because they are getting paid. And they have to represent these criminals, okay? If you saw what happened the other day in uh, Soweto on those tavern killings, on those foreigners that are involved, some of the highest (laughs) uh, legal minds in the country, some of the most qualified were there to represent these people. I've been, uh, you know, I was in Pumalanga province uh, two weeks ago on the illegal mining visit oversight. And the commander, commissioner of the station, said to me that the lawyer that represents this illegal miners virtually lives at court, number one. Number two, he brings in something like about 250,000 rand in cash at a time. He represents them, he gets the bail for them, and he pays the bail for them, and all in cash. There's no kingpins or anybody to be seen, no handlers, nobody to be seen. The police in this country don't even believe that they should be tracking or they have a responsibility in terms of the FICA rule to be able to establish where this man is bringing so much of cash. And it's not a once-off thing. It happens all the time. Okay. Now, these illegal miners, there's an added problem that the courts are experiencing that uh, uh, apparently there is a high court judgment or an appeal court judgment in this matter on the issue of deportation. So what the the police is asking for that these criminals be deported, the courts are refusing to deport based on some misunderstanding or misinterpretation from what I've heard of the, the, the judgment. So that's the other difficulty that, that they have. But when it comes to other criminals, the courts are compelled if they can ensure that this particular suspect or uh, accused is going to appear in court to grant bail. It's the democratic right. It's the constitutional right enshrined in the Constitution. You know, and what we are forgetting in this entire process, what about the democratic or constitutional right of the victims? No, this is all about the perpetrators. So the again, it means it's time to learn from your mistakes and go back to the drawing board and make the necessary constitutional amendments to address these weaknesses that we have in the system.
1: you know, whilst you say that, and uh, you know, many were of the opinion that uh, while Mandela was not involved in the uh, details of the constitutional negotiations, many said he kept watch over the process, ensuring that the broad uh, direction was in line with the ANC's goals. And, uh, you know, the ANC's goals, uh, today if uh, we have to tell people that they will laugh at us. They will laugh at us, oh, from the time of Mbeki and the time of Zuma and the time of Cyril Ramaphosa, what goals that uh, the ANC have uh, besides uh, saying it's time for us to eat? It's time for us to eat. It's our time to eat. I mean, this is the mantra that every nearly most uh, ANC politicians will be talking at a higher level, parliamentary level, right to uh, municipal levels and so forth. How do you react to that, Ahmad?
0: You know, Brother Javan, let me start off by saying I'm not convinced that the negotiations that took place in Cordessa took the interest of the people at heart or at first. I can tell you that now. If you look at many of these people that were in the forefront of the negotiations, where they were and where they are today, or even in the case of former President Nelson Mandela, what they have achieved and or benefited. And, you know, I don't believe that the, The explanation uh, 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 that we receive from some of these people is justified in terms of the wealth that they have generated over this period of time, particularly if you look at some of them and the directorships that they got in these big uh, uh, monopoly capitalist companies and mining institutions and things of that nature. That's the first thing. The second thing is, if you look at the, the, the negotiations, uh, of course, uh, uh, the Afrikaner did negotiate it for themselves for an Afrikaner homeland, uh, and, and which they conceded to. And so, uh, and yet they did not consider that for the COI and Sen or for other groups either. But I think what is important to, to note here that we must not entirely blame the ANC. I want to say this again, and let us go back to all over, particularly the African continent. All liberation movements got a lifespan, Brother Shepard, 30-year lifespan. The ANC's 30 years is now, it's coming now. And let us be honest, what did all these people know about running a country? We were never given those opportunities, okay? particularly those that are holding high or senior positions in this country or positions of influence. The positions of influence they are holding is not necessarily because they got the capacity and uh, and the intellect or ability to be able to, to perform their duties in a satisfactory manner and take South Africa forward. The first requirement is you have to be a caterer. That's the term. You have to be a caterer. Even if you're not fit for purpose, you must be a caterer. And that continues 28 years later. So it's not changing. But the point I'm trying to make is that you moved from one extreme where you had an armed struggle. You were on the ground. You were hiding underground. And suddenly you are expected to come there and run an entire country. And remember, South Africa was a very, uh, 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 South Africa was one of the countries, particularly in the African continent, uh, 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 that was very, very successful to some extent, to such an extent, brother Shepherd, that even though you had so much of sanctions against South Africa, South Africa was self-sufficient. They created every industry to ensure that the needs of the country was met to beat even the sanctions whereas right now with all the means we have every other thing that you need is not even manufactured yeah is important okay which is also resulting in you shutting down parts of your economy like your manufacturing industry is gone to the ground particularly in the leather and the textile industry than many others. But the point I'm making again is this. Let me tell you, Denel was the pride and joy of South Africa. You know that. Where is it today? Because we did not have the experience and the skills to govern this country the way it was governed before. And perhaps not the fault of many of our people, because you never had those opportunities. But should it not have remained a government of national unity where people should be appointed based on their capacity and their intellect and the ability to do the job rather than the color of their skin or whether you are a cader? Now, the moment we started doing that and moving away from quality, we were moving in the wrong direction. And that's why we find ourselves where we are. And we're continuing that, Brother shepherd. You know, if you look at the AG's report that has come out even now, that's coming out now with all the different departments, it's shocking. Every department has got a problem. Let's look at, I mean, you know, and, and I'm talking about some simple things. Look at one item, your infrastructure. Look at the quality of roads you had and what you got today. Look at the infrastructure of your water you had and what you got today. Look at the sanitation you had before and what you got. Even though many people did not have the luxury of sanitation, but the sanitation you had was quality. It was well-maintained. Look at what you're having today. Look at your road and rail network infrastructure, particularly the railway. Look at it, the condition of it is today. Look at the condition of your state-owned entities today. So, you know, the question that arises is, why are we where we are? And the answer is very simple. And the AG's report has identified that. And even corporate governance has raised that concern recently of the number of people that are holding positions in the different departments that might have a qualification but don't have the skills and the experience to do the job. And as a result of that, they are repeat offenders and they are being kept even though they are of no benefit and they're not fit for purpose. Why are they being kept? Because these are the very same people for the last 28 years that have been feeding politicians and political parties through corrupt practices of procurement and tenders. So now there's no way you can remove them because they're going to start singing a song for you. So you owe it to them to keep them there and fail the state but you cannot compromise it or remove them. So that's the problem we're sitting with. We've put ourselves in the situation and we can't come out. If you heard what the president said in the Zondo Commission, one of the most shocking statements uh, that any head of state can make, Brother Shepherd, that yes, indeed, there were times when we received uh, uh, monies that were unlawful and when we realized that we did not return it. Because we need it. We are a big organization. So you receive stolen goods and you kept it because you are a big organization. You need to sustain yourself. Now, when you're getting less of the stolen money right now, you're having difficulty to sustain yourself. So you can't pay salaries and wages and and, and other benefits to your staff and can't pay rentals. You can't do that. So the bigger you got through this unlawful and illegal means, the bigger the crisis you're sitting with today because... It means you have to sustain that lifestyle of corruption and looting what you've created, okay, through employing these people that you know, that that will feed you, who have been feeding you. Now you have to keep them. If you saw what happened in the last week or two weeks, if you look at the reports that's coming out about KZN and the IFP-run municipalities, it's corruption and allegation after allegation after allegation. This is only the tip of the iceberg. I've been raising this for years on the state of local government. I have been demanding to know for the last three years who are all those people that have been enjoying the fruits of of, of our labor by getting these procure, these tenders, give us the names of these companies who are the directors. Uh, what was the value of the contract? What did you pay for each item? Brother suffered an item that cost 10 and you're paying 100 Rand in this country because there's so many middle corrupt people in between that have to benefit from it, including the parties. So the entire system, it means it's time to go back to the constitution of the country and make the necessary amendments if you want to save this beautiful country, which I now refer to a, a, a failed state.
1: Yes, um, uh, the, you know, let's work out some uh, scenarios and I want your comments on it. Uh, for example, you know, Judge uh, Pete Kuhn uh, may have had enough of uh, Jacob Zuma and his constant uh, delay tactics in uh, the arms deal. You know, they call it Stalingrad. And uh, the uh, judge is considering recusing himself uh, from the trial on a matter of conscience and in the interest of just, uh, justice. And Judge Kuhn has given the parties involved in the trial Till the 3rd November to file submissions on his recusal. Uh, uh, you know, we know that the, the judge is overseeing uh, Jacob Zuma's long running arms dealing uh, corruption case uh, and he's uh, considering uh, uh, borrowing bar- out of the trial. What do you make of this whole uh, scenario here, Ahmad, of Judge Kuhn and he wants to accuse himself and so forth?
0: But, you know, it comes back to the point we made initially. Now, this is an abuse of the legal processes in the country. And because those those avenues are available to you and legal fundi or experts in this country know uh, that these loopholes exist and they're going through the process of exhausting every opportunity available to to delay justice. And what is going to happen here? Either. A former president, Jacob Zuma, will die before he face the law. Or alternatively, uh, you might have a change of government uh, that might be more sympathetic to him and shut everything down. But clearly, it appears that every mechanism is being used. Every mechanism of measures are being put in place to delay this. And we know that. I mean, even the Section 09 for inquiry that's taking place, they're now calling for the recusal of the chairperson They, uh, But remember, again, it's constitutional right, democratic right, legal experts who know how to, to manipulate the entire system. Uh, 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 you know, uh, that's the order of the day, Brother Sheffield. That's the order of the day. So is it doing Now, now let us ask ourselves the question. Who is bearing the brunt of this? It's the ordinary taxpayer on the ground. Somebody has to foot the bill. If you look at what is happening on that Section 194 inquiry, the money that it is costing and being paid to advocate Dali Impofu on behalf of the public uh, protector, taxpayers have to foot the bill. And it's running into millions of reins, I can tell you now. So, if you know, Look at the Zondo Commission, over a billion rand, you know. Now these legal experts, look at the amount of time and effort and money that is being spent on these things. The question is, are you going to be able to even recover this? No, you're not going to recover it. And most of them are going to elude, uh, for me, uh, a prison life. There's no doubt about it. But in the case of Judge Pete Kuhn, he's one of the most qualified you can get. He's got the skills, the experience, you know, and he's a no-nonsense judge. There's no doubt about it. But he's asking to recuse himself. Why? Because he understands that if he does not, that Zuma camp is going to delay justice. So in the interest of the country, he believes, let him recuse himself, even though he is convinced that indeed, and he knows himself, that is objective enough, is independent in his thinking, and it's not going to compromise the judgment that he would give. But in the best interest of the country, he is deciding to recuse himself. That is being forced upon him. You know, uh, and he's got only two choices. Either allow this matter to drag and drag and drag, which means justice may not prevail. Alternatively, let me recuse myself. But remember now, recusing yourself, there are other challenges. Somebody who takes over has got to start the entire process again. You know, has got to go through everything that has happened thus far. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's it, again, the weaknesses lies. I won't say weaknesses. I don't think we've anticipated this. But now that we know where there are problem areas and weaknesses, it's time to go back to the drawing board and make constitutional amendments so that we can address these things and don't allow it to continue.
1: Yeah, and also we look at Judge Daisy Molefe has decided to make a public judgment suppressing an independent newspaper's report on a leaked state security agency document. The judgment handed down on 5th October followed an application by the state security minister who claimed the document titled US interest in ANC party uh, party dynamics was classified, and uh, the uh, South African security agency uh, then said that was the uh, judgment itself was confidential. How do you work that conundrum out for me, Ahmed? What's going well, let on there?
0: Tell you, even this issue of classified is being abused, and I'll give you a good example. If you know the Kenya case, uh, the senior police officer anti-gang unit boss that was gunned down and we were told the other day in a meeting that this thing is classified and listen to this one Uh, 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 (coughs) I'm still trying to understand the interpretation of it you have a whole committee okay uh, that sits regularly at least once a week okay and now some members of those committee are being told this thing is quali- uh, uh, classified only those members that are permanent members of that committee. You get permanent and you get alternate, but all of them participate fully. Only if you're a permanent member can you go and, and, and have uh, sight of this document. It's classified and the others can't. But the others are expected to participate in a discussion on that document and they know nothing about it. On the one hand, the chairperson says, and she says, well, of course, uh, I can't continue with the discussion. I have to read the document first, otherwise I won't know anything or what I'm going to be talking about. But should that not apply to the others as well? Do You understand, because how are they going to debate or deliberate on a matter they don't understand? But coming back to this issue, yes, you know, it's a document that, uh, uh, and and, 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 and uh, the state security attempted to try and, 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 and keep secret and private and protect uh, on the issue of the United States' influence and involvement in the affairs of the ANC and where it is alleged that senior politicians from the ANC are also implicated in this. And uh, and this is as a result of the uh, United States establishing who in the ANC are on the side or will protect the interests of the United States and who particularly, and this is more important, who are those that are either uh, opposing the United States uh, uh, of America and things. And and, and, and the question that arises, why would you want to know those things? Is it because you'll put measures in place to target those individuals uh, 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 that, uh, you know, do not support the U.S. interference in the policies and politics of South Africa uh, uh, like they do in the rest of the world? So, uh, you know, so you know, and, and, and for the ANC particularly, and it shows the weaknesses and what is happening and the cracks that exist in the ANC, how part of them or some of them are working with the enemies, if that's what you want to call, and the others are not, how of them are pro-capitalists and others are not, how of them working with the United States. And that is why an ideal example, and I'm sorry, I have to go to you to this one is that to date, that despite there's a motion there, which I'm hoping inshallah is going to come through in about the uh, January, February, on the issue of Palestine, that was the own uh, uh, resolution that was taken by them in 2017 is still not implemented. So it, it, it clearly indicates that there are those that are conflicted. Let us not forget the president has recently returned from uh, the United States when he went to meet Joe Biden, uh, perhaps uh, maybe, uh, you know it has something to do more with the conference that's coming up than the country as a whole, even though Joe Biden is offering a lot of money to put us more into debt to deal with the energy crisis or, or doing away with our coal, which brings us a lot of revenue. But I think what is important to note on this on on this matter is, is that yes, I think the court judgment is 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 is, 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 is a good thing. Uh, We need need to know what is going on, because if political parties like the ANC are compromised and captured, uh, you know, then of course, what does it simply tell us? What does it tell the nation? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, We have to be, it's, it's a matter for concern, because it means that we too are being dictated by a third force, and in this case, the United States of America, so the influence. That the divide and rule policy that they implement, the United States, and and you can see the havoc they are creating now in Russia and and now with Iran and Saudi and everywhere else, and 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 that influence. And we knew for a long time that they've got an influence in this country. But this releasing of this report will it, it gives us a clearer picture of what we wanted to hear for a long time, and
1: what we suspect. Yeah, Ahmed, and also you look at the special investigating uh, unit, the SIU has uh, confirmed that it has not cleared anyone in the digital vibes of matter, including former health minister Zredium Keys. Uh, the SIU uh, was uh, responding to an article by uh, a certain newspaper titled, uh, SIU Clears Zredium Keys in a Digital Vibes Scandal. But according uh, to that, uh, they, uh, uh, to the S, uh, special investigating unit, he hasn't been cleared. and uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 Zwilliam Kheez has gone on record in saying that uh, there's a witch hunt against him by Sulu Ramaphosa, that he fears him standing, uh, you know, uh, uh, for presidency of this country. Uh, your reaction to that, amak
0: Well, to be honest with you, Zwilliam Kheez is capable, has the necessary skills to to, to govern the country. If you, you know, and there's no doubt about it. And And yes, we've heard that allegation that he's making. At the same time, I think he's also requested that the SIU provide the information that he requested. And the SIU says they don't have such information. So if you don't have such information, then how is it that you're investigating or making allegations of that nature? And I think that is what prompted Zweli uh, 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 Mkhizeh to say that, you know, he's clear because they say they don't have when, uh, 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 that particular evidence that they were talking about. It doesn't exist. That's worse than not having it. It, it doesn't exist. But uh, uh, the allegations now is of a very serious nature. But Brother Shepherd, this is politics. Your greatest enemy in politics is not from the opposition, Brother Shepherd. Your greatest uh, enemies are the people within your own organization. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I, I get targeted because I am the leader of the party in parliament as an Indian, and I'm repeatedly told I'm an Indian in a black party, you know. And, and 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 so to be honest with you, your your problems are bigger from your own organizations than you are from the outside, and the ANC's uh, 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 problems is 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 enormous. In fact, it's got even worse in the last week or so, because now even the, you thought there was going to be two camps. There was always the hearing of the radical economic transformation group of Jacob Zuma and his kind, which we thought Z- Kiza and all others were part and parcel of. And then you got the one-off CR, okay, uh, who's, uh, of course, the, the, the blue-eyed boy of big business. But what you find now is there's a split because really he's not talking about going in with Zuma. Zuma's got his own people. Um, Lindiwe Sisulu is is talking about going in with Nkosazana, Lamini Zuma and Ace uh, Magashule is now seems to be a major split between him and Zuma. So the RET forces are like splitting over every night. To such an extent, it means that it's giving a walkover to President Cyril Ramaphosa because there's only two candidates. There can only be one winner in the, uh, in the race for president. And if you're splitting your votes and Cyril's is not uh, a split,
1: he's going to walk this thing. That's all it means. A yeah, good point there, um, then also, you look at the controversial diamond dealer Louis Liebenberger uh, believes that God asked him to give uh, former President Jacob Zuma 500000 for his private prosecution trial. And uh, Zuma will use the money as a security deposit to continue his case. And, uh, you know, against yeah. the state advocate, uh, Billy Downer. Uh, and, uh, also, you look at Moheng Moheng, a former chief justice. He says, uh, you know, now he's got his uh, party coming through. And uh, God is talking to these people. Amos. <laughs> Talk to me.
0: Well, let me say it's a pity God didn't tell Liebenberg that he should rather feed the people that that 500,000 people going hungry. Malnutrition is very high. There are children, babies that are dying as a result of malnutrition in this country. And stunting is a serious problem. Uh, uh, But be that as it may, only Liebenberg knows why he would want to fund former President Jacob Zuma, he would know how he might have benefited, how he will benefit or whatever it is, or if he's got too much of money and doesn't know what to do with it. But surely the first thing that the Almighty God and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will will tell you is just go and take care of the people, the hungry, the people next to you who have no food, rather than wasting money on legal costs. On the issue of mukhweng mukhweng, well, yes, uh, you know, uh, he found a weakness, he found a link, he found a loophole, Brother Shaffer. Remember, Julius Malema found a loophole. He found a loophole. That no, let me then uh, target the Indians and the whites and go for the blacks and let the blacks be, I'm their blue eyed boy, I'm fighting for them. So that is why he's getting the support of the blacks. And that's why he's getting the support of the youth because he is promising them the world. Now, you got the ACDP who was there using religion to divide the Muslims from the Christians, okay? Mukweng Mukweng found that by the statement that he made, if you remember, Uh, Well, of course, and and of course, uh, and in Mughueng Mughueng, the Zionists must have found an ideal candidate. Let's fund this guy. You know, he's the former chief justice. And we're going to get all I can tell you that will happen is that the votes, there's a limited number of people that vote based on religion, whether we like it or not. And the ACDP has garnered all that support thus far. So coming in former chief justice Mughueng Mughueng, I didn't know when he became a politician, but it looks like it in his in his latter years as a Chief Justice, he found that, uh, uh, you know, it might be better for him to go into politics in a very lucrative business. And that's why he started making some statements in during the last part of his tenure as the Chief Justice. But all it will do, it will split. In my understanding, the votes between the ACDP and former Chief Justice Mukweem Mukweem, will start splitting. you find the ACDP might get less support and he might get some. But I want to tell you, Brother Shafan, you find that many people attack politicians. Many civil society organizations, NGOs, uh, NPOs, uh, uh, neighborhood watches, policing forums, you always hear them saying, no, politicians on a gravy train, they're enjoying themselves, they don't care. But did you notice of late All these institutions that keep complaining about the politicians, it's not long thereafter you find they also became politicians. They also form political parties. You even Dudula has done that too. Now you can see in many areas, they're all becoming politicians, forming political parties. Before, they don't want to hear anything about politicians. They run you down to the gutters. But now they all believe it's lucrative business. So now they all want to become politicians. So this is an avenue that they are creating. You understand? The ANC mastered that many years ago because they used to work with a lot of civil society organizations. But a lot of these civil society organizations and representatives from these civil society organizations have gone into mainstream politics. So, and you're hoping that with doing that, you might find that you might have a better quality of public representative. But that's not the case, Brother Shepherd. Because when they become politicians, they're doing exactly the same thing. And that brings me back to what once Minister Godan said to, one of my, to a response to one of my questions. And he said to me, Honorable Imam, the difference is we have a lot of politicians in the country, but we have a handful of statesmen and stateswomen. And that is the difference. What South Africa needs is statesmen and stateswomen. You don't need politicians. Politicians are there in their own interest. So if people want to become politicians, then so be it. But I don't think people should be following politicians. They should identify statesmen and stateswomen who are there in the best interest of the country as a whole.
1: Tell you, already a uh, very fruitful uh, discussion this evening. Allah bless you for that. Before I let you go, your parting words.
0: Well, you know, South Africa is going through a very difficult time, my brothers and sisters. And I know, and I know many of you are listening to this. I know we have the skills out there. We know, I know we have the people with the highest level of integrity and morality. I know we have the people with the capacity and the intellect. I know we have people with, with, with direction. I know we have people that are business minded. I know that there are people that contribute immensely that are listening here to the community, to the poor and the most vulnerable. I know there are people who have ideas and vision that can take South Africa forward. My only plea to you, my brothers and sisters, is become part of the solution before it is too late. For the protection of the generations to come, let us come in and be part of the solution. You cannot leave your lives and the lives of the future generations in the handful of some politicians, given what has happened in
1: the last 28 years. I know your schedule is so busy also. Allah bless you, Allah keep you strong. You have a blessed evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan and we will continue after that.